It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. I am Damon Jensen Heitman, one of the pastors of First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor here at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, and happy to be here with you on this sunny morning. Yeah, it's bright outside. It is, it is. And in here. As I was coming up the stairs, actually, to our podcast studio, um, the sun was coming in through a stained glass window that is on what would be the south side of the building, Mm -hmm. and it hit me square in the face. (laughs) And I looked up, and I squinted, and then... I stepped a few steps further and then looked up when it wasn't hitting me square in the face to see the sunlight streaming through this window. And it's beautiful. And there's also sunlight streaming through the stained glass windows right behind us this morning yeah. as well. Which is why the left sides of our faces are so well lit. At least mine. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that your better side? Uh, sure. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's good. I try to like them both equally. Mm. That seems only fair. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The older I get, the more asymmetrical I become. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? The more, uh, yeah, the probably, I mean, I haven't noticed it on you in particular. No. <laughs> 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 I think that's probably generally true for most people, I imagine. I would guess so. I don't know. Well, even just like, I don't know, you accumulate various like little injuries and stuff. You know, like my little broken finger thing. Here, right. Like, you know. Yeah. Or like you get a one knee starts to kind of go bum, so you like walk with a little limp, and then that you know creates a thing which cre- everything just kind of gets out of balance, I suppose. Or if you're a fair-skinned kid who grew up in Arizona and was in the sun a lot, uh, mm-hmm. the dermatologist makes your face pretty uh, asymmetrical. <laughs> sure. After each visit, when they carve off a chunk of your uh, face, that yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if all the body was the left side, where would the right side be? I think that was a really beautiful segue into our passage this morning. Well done, Damon. I wasn't sure how this was going to transition. Good work. (laughs) Whose turn is it to do the opening prayer? Uh, I'll take it. Okay. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for your love for us, and thank you for the sunlight streaming through the windows when the warmth hits our faces, it's a reminder of the warmth of your love for us. And we thank you for those little reminders we have throughout our day. We ask you, God, to bless and guide our conversation. Teach us through your holy wisdom and your holy word what it is that we're supposed to be doing as followers of Christ. Give us humility to hear things that we may not have heard before or may not be wanting to hear. Give us courage to follow through, even when the path you lay before us might be difficult to trod. And above all, God, God, give us love. Give us your love. Let it pour it into us so that it overflows out of us into the world and we become agents of your love and peace and reconciliation in the world. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the Monday check-in, for those who may not know, uh, we take a look at the scripture that's going to be used for the upcoming Sunday at First Press Hastings. We have a little Bible study. We ask questions of it. We allow it to ask questions of us. And then we switch gears and talk a little bit about the life of the church. Indeed. 
So normally we follow the RiseCon lectionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going a little bit off lectionary this week because this Sunday uh, we are celebrating. We are observing, honoring, celebrating the gifts of Women Sunday, which is uh, something we often do in the Presbyterian Church right around late February or early March. Um, and so our Presbyterian women are helping us as liturgists. And we have a guest preacher coming, uh, Reverend Dr. Sue Collar, who is the pastor at First Presbyterian Church Lincoln, is coming out to uh, preach for us and help lead worship. And we're very excited to have her join us and to be able to uh, to hear from her. So she sent us some texts that uh, do not fall in on this Sunday in the Revised Common Lectionary Cycle. If we were following the lectionary, it would actually be Transfiguration Sunday, which is a really mm-hmm. fun and interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um but we also have some really interesting texts that Sue uh, has sent us, and yeah. we'll study those. So these do happen to be lectionary texts, just not for this yes. coming Sunday. Correct. And so these would eventually fall. Lectionary texts um, on the same... Same Sunday. On the same Sunday, if that right. makes sense yes. to people. They'd, but whatever. <clears throat> so, yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start with the judges. Oh. Passage. Uh, so this is Judges chapter 4, 1 through 10. Uh, I'm going to read it, and then somebody's going to have to explain it. Uh, so it's, it's chapter 4 of Judges. The Israelites, you remember them, again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. So the Lord sold them into the hand of King Jabin of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Heroseth Hagoim. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900, the Sisera guy, had 900 chariots of iron and had oppressed the Israelites cruelly 20 years. At that time, Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah, convenient, between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites came to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Barak, go take position at Mount Tabor, bringing 10,000 from the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Zebulun. I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to meet you by the Wadi Kishon with his chariots and his troops, and I will give him into your hand. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, excuse me, and 10,000 warriors went up behind him, and Deborah went up with him. That's where it ends. 
Greg, what what do you got? Do you want me to read the next one, or do you want to talk about that one first? Let's talk about that one, then read the okay. next one and see if they connect, like uh, or how they will connect. And again, uh, Reverend Dr. Sue Collar from First Pres Lincoln will be uh, preaching on this, and these are the texts she gave us, so we're going to wrestle with them a little bit, and then we'll see what Sue chooses to do mm-hmm. with them on Sunday. Um, so the... To begin with, there's a there's a pattern that you can discern in the book of Judges. And and the word judge, too, in Hebrew can can mean two different things. It can mean either a person who who judges, like pronounces judgments for mm-hmm. people. It can also mean a military ruler or leader. And so sure. that's an important thing when we think about when we're listening to this. And then the other thing is that there's this pattern of behavior that repeats itself over and over again in Judges. So it begins by... Israel sinning and worshiping other gods, uh, and then God becomes angry and allows enemies to attack Israel. And then the Israelites cry out in pain because of the attack, and God has pity on them. And then God raises up a judge, who can be either a military ruler or somebody who pronounces judgments, who delivers Israel and returns the people to the proper worship of Israel's God for a time. And then the judge usually dies and the Israelites return to their old ways and the cycle begins over again. And so this is one of those cycles that plays itself out in the book of Judges, but this one has a wrinkle in it. It's a little different. Yeah, there's maybe maybe six of these cycles throughout throughout the book of Judges. Deborah here seems to be functioning in more of the sort of what we think of as a judge, a judge. Mm-hmm. Um, role because she appeals to someone else yep. to, to, lead the, to lead the army, right? She appeals to Barak. But then Barak invites, the invites her to, not just doesn't invite her, says, I'm not going if you're not going. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Right. <laughs> Which I assume is like a... Um, Like in a like in a movie or something where the like the person who you're not sure if you're enemy or not like like they like they give you a drink you, and then you're you, like well, why don't you take a sip you drink first. it first right like if you take if you drink some of that then yeah sure I'll drink some of it I think that's what he's doing yeah that's what I that's how I that's what I think he's doing I see it more of if a, you come along like. Yeah. I'm not. I don't really. I'm not really sure that I trust what you are telling me. Uh huh. So, or how much you really believe what you're telling me. So, if you come along, if you're willing to take this risk, then then okay, fine. I'll take it as well. Yeah. But if you're not, like, if you're not willing to step up <laughs> and go and do it, then I'm then I'm not going to do it. I think that's. I guess it's a possibility. That seems fair. For why he does that. Um, it is a very interesting story because it does raise up uh, a wise and powerful woman uh, in the Old Testament. And there's mm-hmm. not a ton of that that happens in the Old Testament, that wise mm-hmm. and powerful women are raised up. And so Deborah has a, a unique role in this. Um, yeah, she's got her own palm tree. <laughs> yes. Yep. And she's directing uh, directing him to take his troops, saying she'll draw out Sisera, and uh, mm-hmm. you will have uh, a military victory. And uh, Deborah went up with them. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting uh, story, a brief snippet of a story in Judges, which is a book that we don't spend a whole lot of time studying. No, we don't. 
And there's some there's some dark stuff in here. In fact, even a little bit later in chapter four, there's some uh, pretty violent scenes that play themselves out, and then there are some other scenes in Judges as well that uh, tend to be pretty dark and violent. Yeah, it it also like that that cycling. You know, I've I've also heard the book of Judges described as like it's kind of just a a slow spiral into chaos. Mm. Like with kind of with each one of these little loops through, like things just kind of get worse and worse, right? And worse, and we can't quite get out of the, the loop. people back yep. to um, back to kind of the top of it, as it were. It's, but um, but my guess, yeah, and there's some there's some troubling things in there and it presents a it really leans on covenant theology mm-hmm. which is a thing that we sometimes kind of struggle to understand yep um, and this idea that God and the people of Israel who at this point in their history are kind of they're functioning as like a loose confederacy of tribes yep they're not they don't have a king they're not a united monarchy um, God and the people of Israel have both entered into essentially a contractual agreement where they have both said, I will, as part of this agreement, I will do this for the people of Israel. We will follow your commandments. I mean, I will be your God and you will be my people, right? So, and the agreement is contingent on both of those parties holding up their end of the bargain, right? So, um, and the, as people do, as people still do, <laughs> they don't they don't follow the commandments, right? And so then, and so then God says, "Well, if you're not going to be my people, then I'm not going to be your God." He does usually provide them some sort of deliverance, right? <laughs> Eventually, yeah. But it's that side that we struggle to wrap our heads around I think yeah sometimes yeah no for sure and it would be interesting to uh, I don't know to explore judges at some point I'm not sure we do that in a sermon series perhaps in a small group Bible study yeah I think it yeah. could get kind of repetitive over the course of a sermon series yeah but but uh, I, my guess is, given this is celebrating Gifts of Women Sunday, this does kind of uh, raise up Deborah's role. And uh, the narrative introduces us to this woman, this prophet, this respected judge who arbitrates disputes. And mm-hmm. she has particular gifts. And those gifts uh, she uses for God's people and to the glory of God. And I, mm-hmm. I'm guessing that that would be generally kind of... Yeah. Yeah. She is a conduit for God. Yes. Right. Uh, and she, yeah, she kind of commands others to, you know, to a certain extent. So, okay. so the other yeah. passage that uh, that we were sent is First Corinthians twelve verses four through twenty, which again appears in the Revised Common Lecture, not generally on this particular week in this particular cycle. Um, and it's probably a familiar uh, passage to many of our loyal listeners. Uh, so let's, let's read that and, and reflect a bit on that. 
Okay. That reads something like this. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them, uh, all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifest the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discernment of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by one and the same Spirit, who allots to each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. We were all made to drink of one Spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. What do you got? A great deal to unpack there, <laughs> isn't there? But... Uh, I at its core, I think a reminder that it's the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that gives us our gifts. And so mm-hmm. um, and the Spirit will give different gifts to different folks depending upon where they are. And I, I actually, not only do different folks get different gifts, but I think the gifts can change over the course of a lifetime. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was th- I think also what mm-hmm. I like about this is that... Um, Not only the appreciation that um, different folks have different gifts, skills, talents, Mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing, but also the appreciation that not everyone is the same. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. I don't think that we often think about it in that way. Like that. Let me try to think of a, like that, okay, so uh, preachers. Not all preachers have the same set of gifts. Absolutely, and yeah. Like, and that's that's kind of fun, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, right? Uh, and not all parents have the same kind of gifts and skills, and not all... You know, I suppose you could look at a congregation and say, here's, uh, here's all of the people that like, are, fall into population X in the church, right? 
Um, and we could ex and we could maybe expect them to kind of all think the same and be the same and have the same sorts of interests um, and skills and gifts. Um, but no, they don't. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Actually, I think. No, I like that. I like that a lot. And, and then the, the next step of that is that, yeah, we have all these different gifts and when the spirit draws these gifts together into the body of Christ, the church, it functions as a whole body and, mm -hmm. and, and it can do remarkable things. Right. Right. Yeah. Like you could have two people leading a Sunday school class and one of them is really good at like biblical knowledge, mm -hmm. right? They know all the stories, they know all the characters and the other one can't keep track of any of that stuff, but is really good at sitting down and hanging out and playing with kids. Mm -hmm. And like, and the two of them combined, that'd be great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and you, you talked about parents and I, I even think like committee work at the church, like some committees, mm -hmm. some folks are worker bees. They're, they show up and they, uh, you know, other folks have administrative skill sets that they bring to the table. Um, others have enthusiasm and uh, sort of a cheerleading role. And the most effective committees have this gift mix that all comes yeah. together and to the glory of God to make things happen. And um, I see that play itself out in beautiful ways, uh, in different ways that we work at the church, like in Sunday school classes with two teachers or in different committees, but also more broadly in our lives. I think um, in parenting situations or uh, other situations. And so, yeah, it, there, there's certainly a celebration of the fact that not everyone's the same. And when we're all pulling in the same direction and bringing our variety of gifts together, it can have this remarkable impact. Mm -hmm. Is this first Corinthians is clearly, uh, they're struggling with this in some ways. There's, there's also part of first Corinthians is, um, there's some sort of writing about the, community is clearly having some sort of debate about which of the gifts are the best gifts to have. Right? And, and which that's are the, yes, that's in first Corinthians. There's also a debate about which, which are the best teachers. We actually read that, uh, this last yeah. Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, some yeah. people are like, well, Apollos taught me. So clearly I know, well, Paul taught me. Yeah. And Paul's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like Apollos planted or I planted Apollos watered and God gives the growth. Like, I had a particular gift, which was planting the church. Apollos had a particular gift, which was nurturing the church, watering the church. But ultimately, we recognize that God gives the growth. And so uh, stop arguing about whether Paul taught you or Apollos taught you. Instead, recognize that it's all part of God's work working together, and we benefit from all of it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're a community that is, um, you know, Based on what Paul writes to them, we can kind of deduce they're, they're struggling with kind of how to live together. Yeah. And, and how to get along and um, to create a community where everyone does feel as though they are a valued part of it. Yeah. And, and an equal member, I suppose, um, as part of it. That's, um, yeah.
So, and this would be another shot at Paul trying to remind them of that. Like mm-hmm. each of you have different gifts. That's all good. In fact, it's really good. That's those are God ordained gifts. The Spirit gives those to you. So you you do your thing. And as one body, we can't all be the same. We need to have these different gifts, but we need to bring them to bear in the body of Christ to work together. Right. Yeah. You know. Which maybe we see reflected in you know in Deborah and Barak. Right. Deborah has. Re- Deborah has the gift of you know holy wisdom or insight or mm-hmm. God seems to reveal things um, to and through Deborah, and Barak is the is the leader of the military folks, which is a different set of skills, right? Um, than than what Deborah has, which might be a might be a kind of a demonstration of that sort of a thing, right? What else? Anything else? I man, I think we we've covered a lot of ground here. It'll be interesting to see what territory Sue covers in her sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, we we are going to have uh, a number of folks from the Presbyterian Women serve as liturgists on Sunday, um, and I'm wondering if we assign one of them this reading from Judges that has no less than twenty weird Hebrew words in it, <laughs> or if we go ahead and let Sue tackle the reading from Judges and. Um, <laughs> What do you think? Uh, I don't know. Let him, let him try it. <laughs> Haroshith Ha Goim. Yeah. That's, that's something. Mm-hmm. Um, One I, thing also, this is just a side note. Uh-huh. This in verse 4, where describes Deborah as a prophetess. Uh, at that time, Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel. That this this word lapidoth can also um, just like mean torch, and hmm. so some folks like this might be like some artistic language to say that Deborah was also just like a a fiery person. Oh, like that interesting. She was wed to this sort of fire or light or or something hmm. like that, right? Which I just thought was, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to dissect some of these Hebrew words that make it into the scripture because they have double meanings, right? They're both a name and also have a, a, a meaning. Yeah, they almost all mean something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, do you think it'll preach? I think it'll preach, yeah. You don't have to preach it. I don't. <laughs> Not this week. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, I don't. I think it'll preach, though, for sure. So, Well, is it time to switch gears? I think so. All right. Uh, what's going on in the life of First Prez Hastings? We know about Gifts of Women Sunday, this coming Sunday. Yeah, and uh, we're taking a pause in our adult ed forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's all of our other Sunday school offerings are happening on Sunday morning at 915. Uh, the Heirs of Parent adult class and all of our children and youth will be in Sunday school. We'll have confirmation, all that stuff. But... There will not be an adult ed forum this week. Um, so we have our 8.30 service, which is our contemplative service in the chapel with communion. That's happening Sunday school at 9.15. And then um, if and if you're an adult who normally attends the adult ed forum, pop your head into the heirs of parent class. See what they're up to. Sure. I know they're doing a really interesting Bible study right now in the book of Isaiah, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, and they would be happy to have you join them. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, and then worship at 1030. It's going to be a great Sunday. We have uh, a choir made up of the women of the chancel choir, as well as the women of our Calvin and Westminster youth choirs, mm-hmm. who will be helping to lead our music along with our awesome organist, Linda Volweiler. Yeah. So it's going to be a good good uh, week of worship. Um, Wednesday night, we have our normal lineup of uh, events and activities. Wednesday night live for pre-K through fifth grade. Uh, kids come in at 5 o'clock, stay till 6.45. They get Bible study time, uh, some music, choir, bell choir, and then supper. And then uh, starting at 6.45, we have chancel choir rehearsal and then bell choir rehearsal. And if you've ever thought about maybe singing in the choir or playing handbells, come on down. Check it out. We'd love to have yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Sunday Youth Fellowship uh, resumes this coming Sunday. We took a, a slight pause. Well, the high school week. took a pause. True. The middle school, uh, our very brave director of Christian education, invited the middle school students over to her house for a Super Bowl party. Uh, yeah. And apparently it went very well. My mm-hmm. middle school daughter who went had a good time. So. Well, there you go. That's good. And then uh, Lent is just around the corner. So Ash Wednesday is the 22nd of February, uh, which is two weeks away. Something yep. like that, and it must be. So um, I'll have, a, I think, just an evening service yes. that day. Yep. So, uh, so people can be on the lookout for more information about that, but it it's, is coming up. It's coming. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Well, is it time to close with prayer? I think so. Loving and gracious God, uh, we thank you for the gifts that you have given to each of us individually. We thank you for um, all of those who have helped to nurture those gifts and to challenge and to strengthen and to grow those gifts. And we thank you for all of those who kind of fill in the gaps for us. Uh, all the folks who have strengths and gifts and talents uh, in areas of our lives that we don't. Uh, thank you for being to, for drawing us into a fellowship, into a community where we can lean on each other, where we can draw from the different kinds of wisdom um, that each of us have. Help us to help We ask, oh God, that you continue to knit us together as one body and as faithful followers of your Son, Jesus the Christ. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. With all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.